Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. My name is Clayton Croker. We got Justin Anderson to my left. We've got Patrick Marsh joining us, as always, via Skype in the Maritimes. How's she going, boys? Justin, let's start with you. Doing well, yeah. Uh, went home over the weekend. My mom had celebrated her 50th a few weeks ago, so we had a big bash for her. Happy birthday, but, uh, Mrs. Anderson. Sorry for swearing all the time. Yeah, you know I, you I'm, hate it. I'm a little disappointed because I, I made this banger of a playlist. My sister helped me organize it. And it was like dance track after dance track, and nobody danced. This is like a it was like a high school dance, grade seven dance, bunch of couples at this party, like 45 to 55 year old couples, and like not, not even once, like not even I put like a classic slow dance song. Nobody got up. Are you like, expecting like a LSD rave? No, type but like my my mom's 50th birthday. My, the, invi- the invitation said it, it would be there'd be dancing, and the <laughs> people who danced were my mom, my dad, my sister, and me. Well, did you and do then, anything uh, about it? Yeah, I even went on the microphone and said, okay, like, you guys are supposed to dance to these songs. You guys know that, right? At and least you did something. At nobody, least you're not the person on and Facebook. We, like, we, we did, like, the like Cadillac Ranch was in there with, like, some line dancing, and, like, mm-hmm. my sister and my cousins did it. And then, like, we played, like, the cha-cha slide and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, stuff that should, like, trick people up. And, like, yeah, no, just crickets. Yeah. At least you did something about it. You're not, oh, like, yeah. the Facebook people who will be, like, homelessness is such a big issue. And they've done <laughs> nothing about it. No, they I went volunteer. on the microphone. Like, well, what do you do for this charity? Nothing. But I yeah. still think it's a big issue. So, oh, oh, good for you. Yeah, uh, Patrick, what's what's going on in your world, bud? Not a lot. Before we get to that, though, a couple things. Uh, first of all, happy belated birthday, Mrs. Anderson. Sorry, <laughs> sorry that we probably are gonna cuss. Uh, the second thing is, do you guys remember back in junior high uh, d- dances that song? Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, "Will I'll be your crying shoulder," and then everybody would have to dance. Like the guys and girls would like pair up, and they would be like three feet apart, like slow dancing really awkwardly well you got to make room for jesus yeah that was the rule at my school the catholic school <laughs> uh, we, we don't have junior high here by the way uh, in saskatchewan most places do yeah or don't yeah we, we had it in the, saskatchewan don't have junior the high. public school system in lloyd did but the catholic one didn't yeah like, they had a seven to nine school we just went k to seven and eight to twelve yeah funny thing about our high school so when i was in grade eight first year at the high school um school dance and the uh the grade twelves thought they would go ruin it for everybody so they hit a bunch of booze in the school and nice some of the, had some of the grade eights roped in on it and uh went and during the dance and got super lit people were puking on the d floor in the gym and then uh we never had a school dance again and they Love i it. think they still haven't so it's good style right there. good job class of 2011 you fucked up we never <laughs> did that like too early the only time i got really drunk at a school dance was in grade 12 it was on the same day as a football game oh yeah so our football game was at like five. The dance started at eight thirty, and it was the like uh, welcome to school dance, like the opening dance. Mm-hmm. So everyone was gonna go there. Everyone was drinking beforehand, but we had a game, so we couldn't drink. And we were going straight from the bus back to the locker room, and from the locker room to the dance. We were getting chaperoned mm-hmm. by the coaches. So what do we do? We clean out a bunch of shampoo bottles. I'm talking <laughs> like twenty shampoo bottles. Oh man! Uh, we went to the store and bought shampoo, emptied it. And then filled it with just liquor. Go to the showers after the game and just start drinking out of these. Uh, Putty in the showers tonight. Kind of like the movie Superbad, where he's got yeah, the yeah, yeah. detergent, full of, detergent beers. full of beers. That's what we did with shampoo and just oh, Oof. high school dances when you're a little buzzed. Very good time because you know that awkward phase is kind of over. The girls want to dance. You want to dance with them. It's a pretty fun time. I don't know. Good time reminiscing about high school dances, but 
I'm pretty sure I'm the only degenerate here that probably pulled the shampoo liquor trick. But yeah, you are. I didn't Absolutely have a, I didn't have a chance because I was in grade eight and everyone ruined it for us. You gotta risk it for the biscuit, Justin. I guess. You gotta risk it for the biscuits. Um, we are gonna get to some Jay stuff because baseball's back, baby. Kind of. It's spring training. I guess it still kinda counts, but we get to actually talk about baseball. I have a chew in talking actual games. <laughs> baseball's back, baby. I absolutely love it. Um talking about the uh the Awesome performance from Nate Pearson. I mean, I know it was only an inning, but we're going to gush over our man crush for a while. Um, first, some news here for a bit, though. Um, Ryan Barucki shut down for 10 days. Uh, he's got elbow tightness. Nothing too major or significant or anything like that by the looks of it, but not a great start to his spring. Yeah, yeah, shut down for 10 days. They shut him down last or a couple weeks ago now. He's throwing now. Today was supposed to be his second day. We should get an update on that, but he won't be ready for opening day. And yeah, there goes one name out of the race for the fifth starting rotation spot. So that's uh, the first the first fly to drop is Ryan Baracki. Well, I can't remember. Did anyone have him winning that fifth spot, or did we all have him kind of as the sixth guy? I think we kind of all had him likely as the sixth guy, but he had he had a chance. There was always a chance. So Patrick, who does this benefit the most? I mean, I know that's kind of weird saying it with an injury. Who does it benefit the most? But with Ryan Baracki going down, who's going to be the guy that steps up and maybe takes his spot? Trent Thornton. 100%. I called it way, way, way back. Uh, <laughs> back in the year 2019. Do you guys remember that year? That was pretty oh long Oh, my ago. God. We lost 95 games or something like that? Yep. Oof. Ouch. <laughs> owie. Anyway, Trent Thornton is going to be the guy who's to benefit the most from having Ryan Barucki uh, out of commission for at least 10 days. Could be longer. Uh, probably won't be. But it's still going to set him back so much that everybody else is going to be 10 days more prepared. Um, we'll get into it a little bit about what we've seen so far from pitchers. But I like what I'm seeing from Trent Thornton. And I think that uh, the fifth spot is uh, currently his to lose. Well, speaking of pitchers, Mark Repschinski, he's back, baby. Zep, Zep. Is it Zepchinski, Repschinski? It's, it's, it's like it's like jogging. The J is silent. You know what? I hate this guy already because he has a silent yeah, letter in his name. I hate Blue Jays people. legend, Mark Zepchinski. Legend. I saw on Twitter that it was like, oh, Mark Zepchinski, he's back with the Jays. And I was like, back? What? You drafted the guy. I know. And then I saw his photo and it was the awful Jays logo, like where yeah. it said Jays across with the <laughs> bird. Like, Don't like, worry, Mark. The awful logo is gone. When did this this guy play for us. Like, are we bringing back Schoenweiss too? Like, you should bring back Scott Downs and Brian Jason Frazier. Oh yeah, yeah. Billy Koch. Oh well, that's going way, way back. That's going back <laughs> to the Blue Jay spooning the T logo. Yeah. That's when we had Billy Koch. <laughs> but does, is this guy going to make any impact, Patrick? Do you think, or is this kind of just a, uh, not a spring training arm, but like a, a desperate? We're only going to need you if we need your arm. It's a spring training arm, is what it is. I don't even remember this guy, to be honest with you. But you know what? It's nice to see these guys get a chance. Uh, you know that we've got one pony in the race already in the form of our boy, James Dykstra. We'll see what uh, Mark Zepchinski uh, has in store, if he gets a chance, uh, or if he's just a warm body. Probably the latter, but you never know. Spring training is wild. It's like... Las Vegas. Anything can happen in Las Vegas. That's what they say, right? I got a Pilsner buddy in 
Pilsner Bunny tattoo in Vegas. That's true, yeah. And that what happened there did not stay there. It came back on your leg. Uh, I have heard that joke before. It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> so funny. Yeah, I uh, mean, Zepchinski's a triple A arm. We signed him yeah. to a minor league deal, invite to spring training. He'll start in triple A, and if he somehow manages to be better than he has been the last three years, he might make the team eventually. One of those call-up guys where oh, yeah. if we get a lot of injuries in the bullpen, at least we got a veteran arm in there because yeah. a lot of uh, a lot of the guys in AAA, it looks like there's going to be uh, some young talent mm. when it comes to pitching in AAA this year. So it's good to have those veteran arms. Yeah, it's the, like, okay. the thing with Zepper, though, and they call him that because it's easier than saying Zepchinski. That's bad. Is that, or Zipper, <laughs> is <Even> that uh, <laughs> when you call him up, because he, he's a veteran, he won't be able to set, be sent back down without DFAing him. So it's like he's one of those guys He's either going to make the team or probably just go oh, free okay. agency. I didn't know that. So, yeah. Good stuff. Pressure's on for you, Zepper. Zipper. Make the team. Nah, who cares? Um, the new TD Ballpark open, though. That was the big story from spring training. Super nice. Um, super, super nice. Like, do we... I, I know that the Jays facility in Toronto is awesome. Like, it's already super balling. Like, not the actual stadium itself, but the clubhouse and everything like mm-hmm, that. Like, mm-hmm. it's super nice in there. But spending this much money on our single-A park, I know that we're there for spring training, and that's two months. The but... Gulf Coast League team plays there, too. Yeah. The GCL oh, okay. rookie ball gotcha. team okay. plays the same facility. Yeah. And it's an awesome so, facility. But, like, I mean, what is it with teams spending a lot of money on their spring well, training Think of how many now. players, like, go down there during the offseason, too. Like, it's used year-round. Like, Stroman lived, like, lives close to there. Mm-hmm. Vladdy spent, like, his whole winter there. Bo, Cavan. Rowdy was there. Like these guys are using it all winter, right? Mm-hmm. Lots of these guys live down in Florida in the off season, or spend weeks at a time there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's 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 for development. It's the player development complex. Mm-hmm. And like, who's getting developed the most? Your rookie ball players, your guys in high A ball, spring training, mm-hmm. it's a rehab facility for when guys are on the DL. Like that's that's it. Used it's used. 365. If I'm a major leaguer, I would rather them spend that money on the actual big league facility. But that's just me, and that's if I'm a player this facility and I'm making was a like, lot of money. It was the the OG stadium for when the Jays started using Dunedin mm-hmm. when they became a franchise. Well, I so. think it's awesome. It's great. It's a great thing for the Jays. But like, if I'm a player, it's like, man, yeah. I want this in Toronto. We'll replace it. It was probably here. on Rob Manfred's list of 42 teams that are going to get scrapped yeah. due to lack of facilities. Well, Patrick, did you <laughs> see too that like the Mets they built their big facility this year? Yeah, I heard they're not letting their minor league players use. The clubhouse that they built for the Mets players, yeah, because yeah. it's like yeah. they have to motivation it. to make the team. How yeah. mad would you be if you're like a single A player and I your dressing a... room is across <laughs> from this ball and dressing room? You can't come in. I hope there's a glass door so they have to like look and like look through. They make a bunch of nose marks so like looking yeah. through, but they can't go in. <laughs> well, like Patrick, like let's say again, you're you're uh, you're Randall Grichuk. Let's say, would you want the money being spent on the spring training facility or a bunch of money on your facility in Toronto where you're playing all the time? Oh, wow. That's a good question. I mean, if I'm Randall Grichuk, I don't give a shit because I get paid $10 million a year to have an OPS below 800. But uh, if I'm a minor leaguer, I mean, this means a lot. And that's the thing is I, I get that it's easy to poke at this and say like, oh, why aren't they putting the money elsewhere? There's no evidence to suggest that they're not putting the money elsewhere in other parts of the facility. Uh, the... Uh, Hmm. The ballpark badly needed a facelift. It yeah. got it. It's a beautiful park. People don't realize it, but the Jays in Dunedin is a big deal in Dunedin. It's a big deal in Florida. A lot of snowbirds uh, spend their uh, you know, cold months in Dunedin, and that's where they go. That's what they do. They're watching 
the the uh, Class A Dunedin Blue Jays and they're watching spring training. It's a big deal, and they've been there since 1977. They're not going anywhere. And even if uh, Manfred decides to scrap <laughs> a bunch of these teams, uh, I think the Dunedin Blue Jays are going to stick around in some way, shape, or form. Some maybe a team gets moved, unfortunately, or maybe another team uh, morphs into them. Whatever it is, but. It's a big deal, and the fact that this ballpark where players spend two to three months getting ready for the season is now in tippy-top shape, it it means something to the players in the major league team as well. This is like my old man yells at cloud moment, but like when it comes to stadiums nowadays, it's too much. It's getting too ridiculous. Some of the features that they add in there, it's like, man... Do you really need this? Has a uh, tranquility fountain. Exactly. I understand <laughs> it's awesome and it's cool to have, but like, if you take a look at college football facilities and what they have now, there are like slides yeah. so that players don't have to use the stairs to go down and like <laughs> hurt their knees. That's... They're like they had their own barber shops in the clubhouse. It's like, do you need your own barber shop? Like, I just think like the nostalgia of like a Fenway Park or like a Wrigley Field. You're never going to have that again because people add all these bells and whistles to stadiums and I get that it's awesome. It's cool. I am being a huge Debbie Downer right now. I realize that. But I like the old school ballpark where it's just simple, you know? But there's so much. And I know this is going to help us in the long run. It's awesome, mm -hmm. whatever. But mm -hmm. man, it just seems like athletes and stadiums are just spoiled now. And like every 20 years it's like, well, this stadium sucks. Let's build a new one. Like... Again, that's my Abe Simpson moment. I know. I'm sorry. I'm a downer. The ballpark's probably awesome. We got facilities. Go us. But still, athletes are too spoiled now. Judging no, by I, your awkward silence, I guess we'll I, move I on. I don't think hey? you're wrong. Hmm? I don't think you're wrong. Good. Uh, let's get to the actual <laughs> games. Actually, let's talk about Madison Bumgarner first. Oh, yeah. Uh, winning 26 ego. grand as an alter ego rodeo <laughs> star. Yeah. If you found if you found out about this, Patrick, you're the D backs GM and you find out this guy it's not like he's again, the whole motorbike thing was one thing, but this guy's in a rodeo where injuries happen all the time. What are you doing? Are you overreacting or are you just gonna play it cool? Man, he's a cowboy. You can't really do anything about it. You just kinda gotta roll with it. Cowboys gotta ride, man. You're paying the guy yeah. eighty five million dollars over five years, man. You can kinda tell him to do whatever. <laughs> like, hey buddy, Wait, please don't do this. Like if he gets hurt, it's his own stupid fault, and obviously the team will fine him or something like that. But he's he's a cowboy. What are you gonna do? You can't you can't wrangle a cowboy. Cowboy wrangles you. Imagine being that GM though. Like, hey bud, we're trusting you to be like our number two guy in our rotation this year. We really need you. <laughs> oh, you got yeah, hurt but, in a rodeo. Thanks, man. Thanks. Appreciate yeah, it. Like, but Matt Mad Bum's just gonna turn on him and say, Hey man, I'm putting my trust in you to put this team together. I'm a cowboy. I do what I want. Well, I would freaking cut him on the spot if that's how he responded. <laughs> like, you're gone. See, I don't care. I hate you. Bye. Um, now let's get to some baseball. But I don't know. Do you have anything on Madison Bumgarner? No, I like... just think it's hilarious. I was <laughs> uh, funny since like, I I saw the uh, article on the Athletic and he like told me he'd been like roping mm -hmm. since he was 15, and like uh, he uses his right hand when he's roping. So he throws his lefty, but he but he uses his right hand. Mm -hmm. So it's just something that he does. I mm -hmm. love it, Mason Saunders. All right, before we get into the uh, games here, the first couple games of spring training, um, Justin, we'll start with you. Mm -hmm. What player has really stuck out, and what player did you expect more of? And again, it's early, like yeah. it's, and it's spring training baseball, so take those two into consideration because 
it's spring training baseball is a different different animal. It's weird, but yeah, a player who has really stood out to me, Rowdy Telez. He's been raking. Mm-hmm. Home run, couple doubles. He's looked like a lot more comfortable with the bat. I know it's spring training, and yeah, he's probably facing some pitchers who won't be on teams. But at the same time, he's fighting for a roster spot. I still think because he has an option, he is on the outside looking in. Uh, because we have flexibility at first base with Shaw, Griel, Biggio, whoever else makes the team. Um, so I think he's still on the outside looking in. But he's definitely making a case for himself. And then a guy who looks terrible, um, Jake Patrichka. Mm-hmm. Two terrible outings so far. So he's probably petitioning to be the first cut right now. He's that's That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. Patrick, what about you? One guy who's been killing it, one guy not so much. Um... I want to pick a pitcher I want to uh, talk about positively and then a, a hitter. Uh, so I want to give credit to Trent Thornton because even though he's not going out there and striking out three guys in one inning like our boy Nate Pearson, uh, he was never expected to. He's been very competent, though, in the innings that he has pitched. And uh, I'm happy as long as he can keep that control, uh, you know, rock solid and continue to use Clay Buckle's uh, curveball that he – admitted that he just flat out stole uh, I think he'll be okay and I think he'll be a good solid fifth starter for us um, I know Rowdy is obviously the guy we want to talk about as far as being the hitter who stood out but uh, how about Santiago Espinal uh, the first game or no sorry uh, the second game against twins went one for two uh, with a run and then uh, the game against the Yankees there yes Day, split squad mm-hmm. two for two with a homer um i think he's he's doing everything he needs to to earn a spot in the 25 man and i've said it you know a million times since uh, october this guy's gonna make the team and he's he's gonna be a difference maker he's gonna be that guy we can wedge into the lineup whenever we need him to be and he'll probably end up in about 85 games and possibly more it depends on how how well he hits yeah, I think uh, I agree with that. Espinal's been great. Rowdy was my guy who I was like, wow, this guy's been killing it. I mean, I knew a lot of Jays, uh, a lot of Jays fans probably know that Rowdy is playing for his life, kind of like Anthony Alford. Not mm-hmm. like playing for his life, but kind of like, hey, you're going to empty the tank in spring training because you have to. Some guys in spring training, like Bo Bichette and Vlad, they're not going to empty the tank. They're on the team. But these guys are just emptying the tank. The one thing is, like, you empty the tank in spring training – Three months into the regular season, when it gets to the dog days, things are kind of boring and stuff. That's when I think Rowdy's going to level off. So do you put him on the team just because he's killing it in spring training? Or do you look ahead to the future and be like, okay, maybe long term we put someone else on the team because we know you can't keep this up. But Anthony Alford's another guy who looked great that first game. The guy who disappointed, though, Anthony Kay, I hyped this guy up big time because I really want him to do well. Because if we got him and Woods Richardson who it looks like he's going to be a great pitcher. If we got both those guys for Stroman, well, we did, and both of them worked out, that'd be a great trade mm-hmm. in the long run. Yeah. But Anthony Kay, that first inning, his fastball looked great, but his off-speed stuff didn't look great. But that the thing is, it's spring training, so if your fastball doesn't look good in spring training, that's that's bad. I'm pretty sure Anthony Kay is going to be like our number four starter next season. I'm still thinking he might win in the number five spot. I'm still going with that prediction. Still a chance. I still think there's a chance he's got to pitch way better. Yeah. But if injuries keep happening and... There's still another five weeks or four weeks of spring. Exactly. So. But, yeah, like his off-speed stuff needs work. But that 
a lot of pitchers need time to get their off-speed stuff working mm-hmm. in spring training. So um, the first couple games, so like game one, Anthony Alford looked great. Anything else come to mind, game one? Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that Alford inning was great when he roped that single. I, I want to talk about that at bat a little bit. I mean, he went down 0-2 quickly, took a pitch, then swung out a pitch, and then he worked up a couple of foul balls, worked the count to full, then roped a single up the middle. And then immediately stole second, immediately stole third, and then stole home when uh, Forrest Wall got cut in a run down at first, and, and Wall ended up making it back safely to first base as well. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, it was great. It was nice to see some speed on display. Patrick, do you take any pride beating the Yankees in preseason spring training baseball? Like, are you like, all oh, right, we beat the Yankees, yeah, or do you know that it's not their A squad? Uh, it was actually pretty close to their A squad, though. The start of the game, the yeah. Yeah, like the first so three innings. The, you know, the guys who are out there getting hits and like Rowdy, for example, uh, had to face some good pitchers. They're not facing a bunch of uh, a bunch of losers out there. And uh, we actually beat up Jake Arrieta in the game against the Phillies. It was really nice to see that. That's that's an elite pitcher, and he's going to bring his A game. Doesn't matter what time of year it is. He's not out there throwing meatballs. Mm-hmm. It'd be a, what a waste of time it'd be if he was doing that. So mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying spring training is like the World Series in terms of intensity, but there's some stuff going on that is worth getting excited about. Seeing guys like uh, Jacob Wagaspack, uh, Anthony Bass, um, uh, Trent Thornton, seeing these guys, uh, you know, have some success, at, uh, you know, on the mound. They're they're facing some quality players and they're they're getting the job done. I think it's something we should be excited about. Well, we didn't really. I don't think we didn't really write off Waj's pack. I know some of us were like, okay, this guy could be a dark horse, dark horse to get our number five spot. He looked pretty good in that second game against the Twins. Yeah, yeah, he's got he's got like good stuff. Uh, he's more about control than he is about speed. He's not a flamethrower by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, you these guys go out there and, you know, they pitch an inning where they strike out two and don't give up any hits and, you know, they're out of the game or whatever. It's a nice little resume builder for them, and it kind of helps to make the case. Uh, one guy that Justin has talked about many times uh, on the podcast, Patrick Murphy, uh, mm-hmm. in the game, the split squad game against uh, the Yankees that we lost, uh, he pitched one inning and struck out two guys. He didn't give up any hits. Yeah, uh, Thomas Perone's looked a lot better this spring so far, too. Mm-hmm. As a full-time reliever for the first time in his career, I think he might pitch better knowing that he's, that's his job now. Yeah, because it was always back and forth with him, and that's probably got to be in his head. Like, hey, yeah. am I a starter? Am I a reliever? If you like, can just tell him now, hey, you're a one-inning pitcher. Mm-hmm. Throw hard. Yeah, because... Well, I mean, look at the difference it made on Joe Biagini last year. He was uh, very good, yeah. uh, great grading him on a curve, of course, uh, very good. Uh, as a reliever in 2019 before we dealt him to the Astros. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, it's just nice to see these guys finally figure out what their role is. I think Sammy, Sammy G has done some, uh, done some good work as well. It's just, it's good to see our bullpen guys. Cause we know they're vulnerable. We know that we don't have the great greatest bullpen going into uh, the 2020 season. So seeing these guys kind of build their resumes by having some success I don't know anything about Yancy Diaz, but he pitched two innings and had three Ks as well. Didn't give up anything in the game against uh, the Yankees. He made uh, one start for us last year. We had called him up from New Hampshire. 
uh, towards the end of the year, but he got absolutely shelled, so we had sent him back down. But he's on the 40-man already, too, so if he makes the team, we won't have to make a spot for him. Yeah, so there's there's a lot of really cool things happening so far in these games. I know, like, whatever, we're, you know, we've won three games, lost one, tied one, and then the game against, uh, it was the Tigers today, right? It yep. got scrubbed out. Rained. Or, yeah, postponed or whatever. I think we were losing that one before it got scrubbed, but it was like the second inning or third inning. Yeah, not an official ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's just it's scrubbed out of the records. I don't think anything sticks around for it. No. What not if- that this, the stats matter at all, but like we have to look at something. There has to be something to look at uh, before uh, the regular season starts. But Clayton, I want to throw something to you because you you know you're a former catcher yourself. Um, what do you think so far of Reese McGuire? And what about seeing uh, some of our other uh, younger players getting a chance to backstop? Uh, have you, do you have any thoughts on that so far? Not really. I haven't paid too much attention to the catchers because after the whole Reese McGuire in the parking lot thing, <laughs> I think it's Danny Jansen's job now. So it's like, okay, Danny Jansen, it's kind of your job. You don't have to worry about it. I like to look at the competitions when it comes to spring training. Guys like Bo, guys like Vlad, I'm not going to look at them too much because, again, they're on the team. And I just don't think... Like, Reese hasn't really stood out or anything. The big thing with the catchers is nothing has stood out behind the plate, though. So there hasn't been a lot of mistakes behind the plate, which is always good to see. So they're playing they're playing, they're playing, playing okay behind the plate. Nothing's really stuck out. It's bad when you're talking about catchers behind the plate because that usually means they're doing something wrong. It's like the long snapper and holder in football. You don't want to notice them because if you do, that's probably a bad thing. So you're, we're not noticing too many things behind the plate from these guys. Um, I just think now it's Danny Jansen's job. But I, I don't know. Reese McGuire hasn't done too much. It's not like he has, he's had a super good game in spring training yet or anything. I love Alejandro Kirk. 5'9", 225. Mm-hmm. Big boy. That's a beast. He's That's a That man's boy. a tank. Yeah. The one guy I like, <laughs> though, Ryan Noda, um, he's going to be in double A, but you're captain minor leagues over yeah. here, Justin. Noda sure. had a good year last year. but like, uh, like, Yeah, not as good as he did the year before, mm-hmm. but he's, he's a guy who takes a ton of walks, first baseman. Uh, might be our best first base prospect, which isn't saying too much about no. our about our prospects at first. Um, but but yeah, he's a guy I'm looking at to have a big year this season. Um, yeah, likely in Double A, most likely, if not starting in High A once again. But he's a guy who needs to take a step forward in terms of the strikeouts. Struck out a ton last year. His power numbers in terms of home runs dipped a bit. But going to New Hampshire, that's a nice hitter's ballpark there at uh, Northeast Delta Stadium. So uh, hopefully he uh, can go to AA and, and play well because I do think that he's a guy who who we need. Well, he played good, but Shun Yamaguchi didn't um, mm-hmm. in that game against the Braves. We had a lot of high hopes for this guy. Yeah. But, I mean, again, it's one game in spring training. It's going to happen. But definitely had higher hopes for this guy. Yeah, we uh, we saw an article come out after this game about talking about how he's still adjusting to the, the larger baseball. Because they use a smaller baseball oh, in Japan. I didn't even think about that. So they use a smaller baseball yeah. in the Nippon League. So he's still adjusting a little bit to that. So that's probably going to affect a lot of the spin on his pitches. But yeah, give him give him a couple more weeks. I think his, his next... He's, he's going to have four or five more outings most likely this spring. So uh, look for him to rebound. Patrick, are you worried about Yamaguchi yet, or like, any any reason to be worried at all, or no? It's not it's not so much worried. I just don't. I mean, I I saw I saw what I saw, and I didn't have a lot of hope to begin with that he was going to steal a a spot in the rotation. But 
Yeah, I think uh, Justin's absolutely right. It's a completely different game uh, out in uh, in Japan using the smaller ball. Uh, the fields are a bit smaller, if I'm not mistaken, or they're like kind of like wider. I don't remember exactly what the dimensions are, but um, it's a different game. Focuses a lot on small ball. Um, I don't know. I don't have a lot of. There's not a lot of hype for me behind this guy. If he makes the pen, that's great. But you know, relievers are a dime a dozen. So I don't know. Unless he does something special, he's definitely not going to get that number five spot. Well, another guy that kind of underwhelmed in the split spot in the split squad game against Philadelphia, Chase Anderson. Another guy we don't have high hopes for, but we definitely want him to be solid in our mm-hmm. rotation. Mm-hmm. He didn't look great. Didn't look bad. Pretty. Pretty mediocre on the on the mound, which is just classic Blue Jay free agent right there. Like just classic. Ah, you know what? Not bad, not great, but he'll do. Uh, kind of a classic pitcher pitcher that we pick up in free agency. But um, keep going with you, Patrick Chase Anderson. What'd you like? What'd you not like? I mean, it, it it's kind of one of those things where he his spot on the team is already solidified. We would not have invested. Uh, the way that we did in Chase Anderson if he wasn't, you know, a lock for the rotation. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has never been a relief uh, pitcher uh, at any point in his career with the exception of, I think, like the tail end of last year um, with Milwaukee, if I recall correctly. Um, And even then, you know, he's a starting pitcher. He's going to be in our rotation, and it's, you know, we beat up on Jake Arietta, you know, who's not going to throw in the towel after one <laughs> spring training appearance. So, you know, if Jake Arietta can bounce back, or if sorry, if Chase Anderson can bounce back, Jake Arietta can bounce back. These guys are pros. It it doesn't it it means something, but it doesn't mean a lot. For sure. Yeah. No. I I, I mean, and I said the same thing about Yamaguchi. I'm not too worried about. Uh, but one inning of a spring training game. So let's let's uh, by this time next week we'll probably have some more some more data to look at. Mm-hmm. Uh, that last split squad game, uh, the bats sucked. Other than Espinal, like horrible day at the plate for yeah. the boys. But the big story was Nate Pearson. Three mm. batters, three Ks. Looked great. Like looked really really good. I know a lot of people are worried that he hasn't had a lot of innings in the past. But like when you can pitch, you can pitch. Like. It's one of those God-given things that with his frame and his wingspan and his giant mitts that he has, like, he, this guy was born to throw a baseball, and like he yeah. just looked great. But the thing lad. is, and again, it is against the Yankees, the backups, but still. Uh, it was three major league players mm-hmm. that he struck out on 12 pitches. So it's always nice to see that he's playing good against the Yankees, but like, do we, do we get too excited here? Like, Do we hop on the Pearson train and be like, oh, man, like we got – obviously we, we knew we had something. But does this verify the hype? Or? It's a glimpse of things to come. Really, it's Nate's first spring training with with the big team, because I mean, last year he he pitched a couple innings, um, but the year before he was injured, and the year before that he had just been drafted. So it's like this is really his first showcase as like the number one prospect in the organization and a mm-hmm. top ten prospect in baseball. Mm-hmm. So like it, it's awesome to see. Like it's it was hype, right? Twelve pitches. Nine strikes, three strikeouts, and a couple of swinging strikes mm-hmm. on, on on a slider, which looked real good. And also the fastball, where guys just thought that they were late. Like, there's no radar gun at the new stadium yet. They're still installing it this week. But the Yankees scout was sitting behind the plate, and um, I think it was might have been Mike Wilner, Jay's radio guy. 
he talked about how he was looking down and he said the guy was like really into the dugout. It was about 97, 98 on the fastball. So. Jeez. And that's his and first that's appearance in first spring training. Spring training. And he's t- he could touch 100. So Easily. 103 through in the Futures game Ugh, last spring I'm... or last summer. So, yeah, it's, it's hype. So should we manage <laughs> the hype, Patrick, or should we just keep getting excited? I defer to Justin. <laughs> he's yeah. He knows more than I do about it. No, I think it's it's a building block, and I mean we'll see him in July, maybe June. I still want to see him earlier. We won't. I know we won't, but like service time, buddy. I know the service time. I know that, but you guys know me. If I were a manager, I'd manage with my heart. Like I wouldn't manage manage with yeah. numbers. And like when you look at our pitchers, Nate Pearson is better than any of the other pitchers going for that fistful. I still think there's an outside chance that we don't see him at all this season just because of the the innings thing because mm-hmm. he's only pitched 180 innings in yeah. his biggest season. But when you look at just the talent, he's the most talented pitcher out of all those pitchers going for the fifth spot. I know the smart move he might is to be obviously keep Mandela the second most talented pitcher behind uh, Hinjin Ryu in mm-hmm. our, on our team right now just based on sheer and that's why it's so frustrating it's like man we got this weapon but we know we have to be patient for him yeah i don't want to be patient is vladdy is vladdy and bo all over again yeah because i think vladdy and bo though like positional players are different because we had okay positional players our pitching sucks right now so we got this awesome weapon that we can use but we can't use it either it's just like a tease yeah i'm with you i feel like if we were in a position where we were projected to maybe finish second in our division, we would see Nate a lot sooner. But because we're still probably going to finish fourth, not, was, a huge, not a huge rush. So that was my next question. If we were in another division and we were expected to maybe contend for the division, and Patrick, I'll ask you this first, would you consider putting Nate Pearson in our rotation? Or is Nate Pearson not being in our rotation strictly because this year isn't our year? Like we're this is, We're still rebuilding. I don't think we need to rush Nate Pearson. I don't think he's going to no, be a difference. I know, but like, if we if we were in another division where we had a chance to finish first, like all the all the preseason hype was, the Jays are going to make the playoffs. Would you, with our situation, put Nate Pearson in the rotation, knowing that we would be a contender? No, it's not worth risk. It. He's in a, he's a long term investment. It's not worth putting it at or him at risk, like. Can you imagine he gets called up and then he has to try to overcompensate for the fact that he's a kid trying to help a team compete in the playoffs and then fucks up his elbow. And then he, you know, look at what happened to Luis Severino. He's he's done for the year now because he has to get Tommy John surgery. I just take I'm not saying wrap him in bubble wrap, but I'm saying take take the time to build up his innings. He's never pitched more than like 108 innings or something like that uh, in the minor leagues. So like build him up, make him stronger, give him endurance. Mm-hmm. I, I'd hate to have him come up, you know, pitch in, you know, six starts and then be at a gas and then just go out and just toss absolute Thomas Pannone level muffins. <laughs> you can wreck your elbow at 21 or 31 though. True. It doesn't matter. So, like, are, are we still going to have this conversation when Pearson's 29? Probably oh, not. Oh, we don't want him to get hurt. Well, he's really good, though. Yeah, but since he's really good, we no, don't want him to get it's, hurt. It's the issue that he's only thrown, like, 112 innings in the last two years of baseball. This guy's a horse, though. He's a yeah, that's unit. That's probably true. He's and I a mean, unit. Kids aren't built like kids back in the day anymore. Yeah, but kids, kids, are freaks kids back now, in the man. day didn't throw 103. Kids are freaks now. This guy's a horse. He won't break. Yeah, we got kids at age 12 getting Tommy John surgery. 
Yeah, that's well. That's getting too that much. getting that first TJ out of the way. Yeah, I think this guy. I think we just got something special here, and it's one of those like not not Strasburg esque, but he's got the body frame of Strasburg. Maybe he's a little thicker than Strasburg, which he's, is better. He's bigger, <laughs> but like. I just think that this guy's like a physical specimen. I think everyone's worried about his innings too much. Yeah. Well, and, he hasn't thrown too many innings. doesn't matter. The guy's a unit. Like, And we have to remember, too, that his, his arm injury was a, line, a, line, a comeback. It broke his forearm, right? Yeah. It wasn't like a pitching injury. It was a freak injury. I just want to see this. I'm being so. selfish. I know we should Oh, wait, yeah. But I, I, I want to see him as much mm-hmm. as you do. I just know that the wanting is not going to outweigh the team. If we had four better pitchers than him, I'd have no problem waiting. But it's the fact that he's yeah. would be one of our best pitchers oh, no. in our rotation. You're, that's you're not, the thing that sucks. You're not wrong with any of this stuff. I don't think that – I don't know. Like, I yeah. know Patrick and you think of the innings as a big deal. Man, the guy. It is. It really is, though. When you're throwing 103 and you want a guy to make 32 starts, he's going to throw 98 mm-hmm. in the starts, of course. But maybe, it's like – Maybe we maybe we do the six-man rotation then, and that way he gets some rest. Oh, and I, I've brought that up a few times mm-hmm. this, this – uh, off season, I suppose you could say, um, but I still wouldn't think he would be a part of the six man rotation to start the season. No, he wouldn't. He wouldn't be because Trent Thornton and Anthony K would be in the six man rotation. Nate doesn't have the endurance right now to be able to do what what we would hope that he would be able to do, and there's no reason to rush it. This team, this team, at best, is going to be floating around five hundred. And that's just the way that it is. Next year, it'll be a different story because all those younger pitchers will have more experience, more innings under their belt, and they're going to improve their stuff. That's when you want to strike. It's not going to be now when, you know, Vladdy is still trying to figure it out and, you know, he's lost all this weight and he's just getting ready. This team, if you know what? If they manage to steal a wild card spot, okay, fine, I'm wrong. But I'm probably not wrong. They're probably not going to steal mm-hmm. a wild card spot. If we are patient, the window for this team is going to be like six or seven years with all these young, talented players. I would much rather that than bring up Nate Pearson, have him chuck 35 innings, and then completely run out of gas. You know, before we get to the, you know, the finish line. Yeah. Do you guys think that we'll do something similar with him? Uh, this year, like last year, they started him off on the five innings, two innings, five innings, two innings thing, and they unleashed him after after July was over for the last two months of the year. That's kind of what I'm leaning towards personally. Like work him back into it in AAA, five innings, two innings, five innings, two innings, and then after the trade deadline, call him up, or maybe in July, call him up, and then just unleash him the rest of the season. Do you like that? I don't know. It worked last year. It did I'd really rather... well. But then it's going back and forth, back and forth. That's what he did last year. And, yeah, then, and but then he went like six, seven innings the rest of the way. He's not going to do that when he's 28, though. So why not get him used to just pitching like that yeah, all the time? Yeah, but the thing is they want to build up his arm. They want to make him make sure he can throw 150 innings this year. Yeah. And then next year there's no innings limit. You just throw him. That's the thing about it. We want You want to build him up like 50 innings at a time. Because 50 innings is a lot of pitches. Mm-hmm. Like, if you think the average major league pitcher, I think, is like 15 in pitches per inning. An extra 50 innings is a lot of pitches. I understand the building up of the arm, but I think people are overreacting a bit with this building and, up the arm. And we thing. probably are, but like, it's but would you rather would you rather not would you not rather be safe than have him blow his arm out in July? I don't want to see him burn. Innings. I don't want to see him blow his arm out, but I'd like if he's proving it in AAA and he's going, he's winning and he's winning, and he's striking out a lot. Why yeah. not get him a year of experience in the majors after his service time is spent? 
And that way, when we are good, he's not a rookie. Fear of like, loss, though, right? Mm. He he could hurt himself. I know, but it's sports. People hurt just themselves like in all 20, the time. Just like 2015, he's just not ready. That's very true. <laughs> oh, good one. Oof. I, 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 think him, I think him having a year in the majors where things don't really matter that much when he's a rookie, I think that would be beneficial to him instead of his rookie year and he's expected to be the guy. If it was in his second or third year and it's like, okay, now I know the ropes, I know how the major yeah. league uh, business works, I- I'm comfortable. But if, if, if it's all of a sudden, hey, we're contending for a division and we're relying on a rookie starter who's mm-hmm. going to be our ace, okay, that could, be, that could also be trouble. Clayton, you're you're right to feel that way. Like you're, what you're saying makes logical sense. The thing is, he won't be expected to be the guy next year when he's the rookie starter because we'll still have Ryu, we'll still have Roar, we'll still have Anderson. Uh, it's hard to say who's gonna rise and fall uh, with all the young pitchers. You never know. Maybe Sean Reed fully. Alec Manoa. Mm-hmm. There's still him. There's still Kloffenstein. There's so many guys waiting in the wings but like nate is as close to a sure thing as what we have right now and there's no reason to waste a year uh of nate pearson when he has like how much double a ball has nate pearson pitched how many innings has he pitched in double a about 60 yeah that's 70 maybe nothing. and then he pitched that's about 30 nothing. 40 that's in not... uh triple a so and how much in triple a 30 innings probably that's if nothing that... Yeah, he, that's, he, that's and that's that's the only reason that I'm like, hey, why why rush this guy? Like we we can sit here all day and and talk about how good of a pitcher he is because we all know how good of a pitcher he is. We've we've witnessed it through video and then through this this one inning that he's pitched in spring training. But at the same time, it's it's the the irrational side of us that wants him to be there like right now. So think, badly. It's the, I think that could be beneficial to him, though, having a year where there's no pressure. Yeah, but at the same time, you, you pitch him in the big league at the start of the year, you probably, you're probably shutting him down in July anyway because he's probably already hit 150 innings and you don't want to work his arm too you hard. Bring him up later. Like, bring him up not in yeah, September. Th- and that's what I'm saying. Do the 5-2-5-2 five, five, two, five, two thing, and then you have enough innings for him to just turn him loose when you call him up. Having that experience, I think, the experience yeah. is huge. And, and that's why I think July, June or July is when mm-hmm. he'll be up. It'll be similar to, like, similar to Bo last year where he came up later I think, um, he's, I think he's ready though he's just such a horse he's huge he's, he's huge yeah still command wise and he's got to work on his secondary stuff like you can you can blow guys away in the minor leagues with your fastball yeah. but in the big leagues if you don't have an off-speed pitch that is ready to to go with that 98 mile hour fastball guys can just wait for that fastball the slider's great it it's better than his curveball mm-hmm. um but I still don't think it is ready for major league batters. Major league batters can hit a 98 mile an hour fastball, mm-hmm. and if you can't throw your secondary stuff for strikes, they can really hit a 98 mile an hour fastball. Well, I think that's it, boys. Unless we want to talk about this Philippe Aumont. No, I, I did have French. I did have one thing that I wanted to bring up: um, the MLB TV thing. Oh yeah, um, oh, man. So before before we all get angry. I've done a lot of research on this this week because Patrick and I were splitting LB.TV last season and we were planning on doing it again this year. We had already paid for it. And then we get this email saying, hey, uh, by the way, Toronto Blue Jays games are now blacked out on LB.TV because it's a local market. Every, all 30 teams 
in Major League Baseball. So if you live in St. Louis, you cannot watch the St. Louis Cardinals on MLB.tv because wow. it's a local market game. So before we get pissed off at Major League Baseball and at Rogers, which it honestly isn't Rogers' fault, um, I'll, and I'll tell you why in a second, this is something that happens everywhere in baseball. It's not just us. The thing that it sucks is that obviously we're a huge country, so Saskatoon is not a local market for Toronto, technically, when you mm-hmm. think about it, right? Like, we don't get Leaf games. We get Raptor games nationally because, they're, again, they're their only team. But can you imagine if NBA Game Pass blacked out the Raptor games? Yeah. Or if you could, but even NHL Live, you cannot watch Oiler games on NHL Live if you live in Edmonton because mm-hmm. you have Sportsnet West or TSN. Mm-hmm. Um, so the reason this, ha- this is happening now is because back when MLB.TV came out, there was no Rogers streaming service. There was no Sportsnet now. There was Rogers Sportsnet was still called Rogers Sportsnet. It wasn't just Sportsnet. But Paul Beeston, our boy, he negotiated with uh, with MLB to let um, Blue Jay fans watch local games on MLB.TV because there was no equivalent of local streaming in Canada yet. So that is why it happened. And now that Sportsnet has Sportsnet now, I think this is the second or third year they've had it, it is up to the level where MLB and where Rogers feel that it is at that level where they do not need to rely on MLB.TV anymore for local games. And that is why. So before we get angry at, and blame Rogers, this is something that happens in every market. So the criticism that's happened for Rogers this week and for ownership, like Mark Shapiro had nothing to do with this. Mm-hmm. Everyone's blaming Shatgins for doing this. <laughs> and like they have nothing to do with it. Like there was an interview on The Athletic where Caitlin McGrath asked Mark Shapiro about it. And he's like, yeah, we get that it sucks. But this happens for every all 29 other markets in baseball. Yeah, they're way too worried about what, schemes they're going to come up with next oh yeah they're always up to something right oh yeah they're they're thinking up their next little (laughs) they're just trying to think about how to make the beer worse at rogers center exactly it's already the last in the league this is the last thing on their radar yeah so i just i just wanted to like clear the air on that because i know a lot of people are pissed off i'm not happy about either i love emily.tv and now because we had to switch to sportsnet now we don't get access to all the great features like watching other teams play baseball like if i want to go on sunday and watch sunday night baseball it's not on Sportsnet now, so now I can't watch it because I don't have cable. See, I have cable, so this doesn't affect me in the Yeah, slightest. and, and yeah. see, it, it, for me, it's like I haven't had cable in like four years now, I think. You're so hip. And I No, it's, it's just because I was watching baseball. That's all I was watching. Mm-hmm. So why would I pay for baseball through an $80 a month cable plan mm-hmm. where I can just pay like 160 bucks for a season? If I split it with somebody, I pay 80 bucks a year for yeah. MLB.tv and then watch all, as many baseball games as I want. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm so. watch, I watch hockey, football, baseball. Like, I just get and it I'm sure sports, and it's worth it for me. Brenly probably watches like The Bachelor exactly. and shit like and that they, too, yeah, right? Yeah, it comes with internet. We have, a great, we have a great bundle and a <laughs> yeah. great package, and it's still on Brenly's student plan. And yeah, plan, yeah so. it, do, it does. Yeah, see, and that's great if you have that student plan, but I didn't have access to that anymore. And yeah, but I, I get it. I get the frustration, but it's not anyone's fault. But it's what happens everywhere. So we've got to live. We've got to live with it. We just got to move on. There are worse things that could happen. At least we have a way to watch it still. Exactly. Patrick, anything else on the MLB TV? Are you heartbroken about it? The big issue that I have is that we have switched. Like, and I'm like, I'm fine with it. I would rather watch Jay's games than watch uh, literally every other team's games. Hey, the five and zero spring training Florida Marlins. They're they're lit. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah, on top of the world. Uh, but at the same time, I do like I watched a lot of late night uh, Oakland games mm-hmm. and Padre games and stuff like that. And I'm going to miss that because I can't get it all in one spot now. And I think 
I think it is short-sighted when it comes to the growth of the game, not for everyone not to be able to do that, to watch any game they want at any point for, yeah. for one price instead of having to get multiple packages. And, like, I actually really like the package that we got because I've already watched uh, a couple of hockey games and there's other programming. I watched the Raptors yesterday it. play Milwaukee, so that's something I couldn't yeah. do before. I'd, I just skipped the uh, the Raps games, but I'll definitely be watching, uh, you know, as soon as I get the chance. But, like, having access to these things, is, I think it is – it's good for us because, you know, obviously we want to watch Canadian sports teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe not so much the Leafs because they suck hey. or they just keep getting injured, whatever it is. Or lose to Zamboni drivers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Monday, Monday was a rough day in the office, let me tell you what. A lot, was, of, a lot of anti-Leaf fans. That was my favorite sports story of the last, uh, I'd say, 2,000 years. You know what? It's still not as bad as blowing a 4-1 lead in the third period of Game 7. So It's close, though. It's pretty close. Pretty damn close. <laughs> as far as regular season losses go, this was a heartbreaker. But, yeah, let's not talk about the Leafs. I'm done with that. Let's right not now. talk about anything else. I think we're done. Yeah. It's getting dark. We are done. It's almost the sun's bedtime. going down. Yeah. Uh, thanks for listening, whether it be on Anchor, iTunes, Spotify, uh, the Google Podcast Machine, TuneIn, Stitcher. Thanks a bunch. Give us a follow on the Twitter, at BFMD Podcast. Appreciate you listening, as always. Uh, we'll talk to you next week, probably again on Thursday. Um, who's got the goodbye song today? You do. I'm never picking one again. Why? Never picking one again. Because my song choices suck, apparently. Do, so uh, I'm never picking one again. Just like, just like Rogers. It's not their fault, so let's do It Ain't My Fault by the Brothers Osborne. Good choice. There you, there you go. Very good choice. All right, see you next week.